You're listening to a podcast from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulit reminds us of the importance of humility in today's image-conscious world and explains what it means when the Bible says that those who humble themselves will be exalted. Good morning, everyone. Hello. My name is Joe. I'm one of your pastors here, and welcome to Every Nation Canberra. We are a part of a family of churches and campus ministries that exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, and socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. We are here to honor God and make disciples. We just started our series called Changed by Jesus Inside Out last week, and we started with how Jesus breaks us so that we can be whole again and how we can be beautifully broken in spite of our pain and the sorrows and the disappointments we've had in our lives. And today we're going to be talking about how we'll be humbled so that we can be exalted and next week how we will be emptied so that we can be filled. Now, I'd like to ask you a question. Who among you here owns a selfie stick? Don't be shy. Come on, raise your hands. We want to see. Just two. I'd just like to give you a trivia. You know, the word selfie apparently originated here in Australia, okay? The first known use of the word selfie in any paper or electronic medium appeared in an Australian internet forum in 2002, right? So 11 years later, it was named the word of the year in 2013. And at the same time, uh, Michigan University said it's the most annoying word for that year as well. Selfies have evolved as a significant way of documenting our lives, and especially for the teens and the millennials, right? When you see their posts, it's always a picture of them. You know, the thing is that we see a lot of people posting selfies as if there is nothing else significant in their lives other than themselves. I've seen Facebook pages that are just full of a person's picture since she, like, uh, started it five years ago. It was just all her pictures there. And I can't imagine why people do that, right? Studies show, actually, that the obsessive need to post selfies is a genuine mental disorder. Really? It's called selfitis. So those who, selfitis, all right? And they said that spending too much time and energy on the appearance of being happy can actually detract you from enjoying experiences that will actually make you happy. Right? Do you agree? Now, our lives begin to revolve around doing things that will make people notice us. So there are actually three scales of selfitis. Borderline selfitis is taking at least three selfies a day and not posting them, just for your personal consumption. Acute selfitis is taking and posting on social media at least three selfies a day. And chronic selfitis is unable to resist the urge to take selfies around the clock and post at least six of those photos per day on Instagram, on Twitter, or wherever. Attention is the newest currency in marketing. In fact, Facebook alone harvests and sells attention of 1.4 billion people every day. That's one-fifth of the entire world's population, which accounts for about 50 million hours of Facebook use every day. Can you imagine that? All combined, we all use 50 million hours on Facebook. And Facebook earned $12.7 billion in the last quarter of 2017 alone for advertising or for attention ads. So you could just imagine how much money they make. 
Now, the urge to belong is universal. We all want to feel like we're accepted, we're validated, and it's not, not hard to understand why people act and have that need for others to make them feel important. The world is telling us that we have to make ourselves look good to other people, right? There's nothing wrong with this, but the danger when we seek attention happens when our self-esteem, our value becomes dependent on what people think about us. So people's opinion suddenly become uh, facts, right? We start to believe that what they say is true about us. The danger happens when our heart behind the desire for attention is puffed up with pride. You see, worry about your character and not about your reputation because your character is who you are and your reputation is what people think you are, who people think you are. Your character is more important than what people see on the outside. This man standing in front of the Niagara Falls might just look like an ordinary Joe. He might look familiar. But at one point in his career, there were about a billion people watching him doing his thing. And he said, after that, after all the excessive amount of attention I sought and I received, I need to keep myself grounded. His name is Nick Walenda, and he's a follower of Christ. He belongs to a family of aerialists that dates back to the 1780s. The great Walendas have been impressing crowns with their death-defying aerial acts for more than 200 years. Now, in 2012, this guy, Nick Walenda, made the headlines when he walked 1,800 feet across the Niagara Falls from the U.S. border to the Canadian border. Armed with his U.S. passport and his jacket, he carefully navigated the tightrope, carefully calculating the mist, the wind, and the roaring waves of the waterfalls. Finally, 25 tense minutes after, Nick Walenda stepped off the wire, made it to the history books as the most watched aerial artists in the world. In his memoir called Balance, he said, keeping the faith is all that keeps me balanced. He said, if I didn't believe, I'd fall any number of ways. By believing, my spirit stays afloat. The day after that historical walk across Niagara Falls, Nick returned to the Goat Island on the U.S. side to help clean up the rubbish, right? He was careful not to alert the press that he was there. He said his purpose was not to draw attention to myself. You see, he said, I need to keep myself grounded. Three hours of cleaning up the rubbish, he said, is good for my soul. And he also said that humility doesn't come naturally for me. And for most of us, it's not our natural default, right? He said, so if I have to force myself into situations that are humbling, so be it. And one detractor said, no, you're just making a show out of it. It's vain humility. And this is what he said, I do it because it's a way to keep me from tripping, right? As a follower of Jesus, I see him washing the feet of others. I do it because if I don't serve others, I'll be serving nothing but my ego. Remember this, if we don't serve others, our entire focus will just be serving our own desires, our own wants, 
and our own egos. Now let's see what the Bible has to say about this thing called ego. Let's open our Bibles to Luke chapter 18. And here Jesus tells us about the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. In verse 9, it says, To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed. He said, God, thank you that I'm not like the other people. Thank you I'm not like the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers. And thank you I'm not like that man. You see, that tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I, I get. So this guy was very righteous. He knows the law, he teaches the law, and he's a good man as he thinks he is. But the tax collector, he stood at a distance, far from the temple. He would not even look up to heaven, but he was beating his breasts and saying, God, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. And Jesus further said, for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus is saying that what matters is what is inside our hearts. It's not what people see on the outside. Here are two men, two prayers, two attitudes, and two verdicts. They both prayed with different attitudes in their hearts. See, the Pharisee, they were teachers of the law. And Jesus did not condemn them because they were following the law. Jesus condemned them because of their self-righteousness and their lack of compassion and love towards other people. What was wrong with the Pharisee's prayer? First, his prayer was misdirected. He stood by himself and prayed. Second, he judged others and compared himself with others. How many of us would see someone who's stumbling and say, it's a good thing I'm not like her. It's a good thing I don't do those things. See, do not judge someone just because he sins differently from you. We are all sinners. You just can't stand up there and feel righteous about someone who's doing something that's wrong and not looking at your own mistakes. What was wrong with his prayer? He was proud. He exceeded the requirements of the law. He said, Lord, look at me. I'm better than anyone else. I'm doing what you're telling me to do. I'm following the law by the book. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all that I get. I even exceed what you require of me. Now let's look further down the road at a distance. We see the tax collector. The tax collectors were viewed as oppressors, thieves, and cheaters. People despised them, right? But how was his prayer different from the prayer of the Pharisee? First, the tax collector stood at a distance. What does this mean? It was an expression of unworthiness. See? He feels like I'm not even worthy to step on the grounds of the temple because I'm a sinner. I would just stand here from a distance where no one else would see me praying. Second, 
he would not even look up to heaven. This is an expression of guilt and remorse. Remember when a child do something wrong and he or she cannot stare at you directly in the eye. This is how the tax collector felt. He felt that he was guilty of sin and he can't even look at God because he feels that he's unworthy. And third, he was beating his chest. And this was an expression of grief and sorrow. He feels so sorry for what he did. And he said, Lord, I'm just sorry for what I did. And lastly, he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It was an expression of his dependence on God's mercy. That apart from the mercy of God, he cannot gain anything. Right? It's an expression of repentance. It's an expression of humility. Lord, have mercy on me. I am a sinner. It is an acknowledgement of who he is in his state as a sinful person. This man, according to Jesus, went home unjustified. He received the praises of men because he was a show-off and people saw him praying and doing all these things. But remember, God is not impressed with people who try to impress him. Jesus said, I tell you, this man rather than the other, went home justified before God. He went home right with God. Two men, two prayers, two attitudes about their deeds, attitudes about themselves, attitudes about God, and their attitude about other people. T.S. Eliot said, most of the trouble in the world is caused by people wanting to be important. The Bible says he who humbles himself. This is not a passive but an active work on your part. We are not here on earth to see how important we can become. We are here on earth to see how we can be a blessing to other people, how we can make an impact to the lives of other people. Who are the people you know who would rather die of pride than live in humility? See, how many arrogant people do you know who would exhaust their energy and their time in arguments and hurt others just to prove who is right rather than humbling themselves to do what is right? See, how many people do you know apologize even if they're wrong simply because they give more value to the relationship than their ego? Most of the time we argue because we want to prove the other person that we are right. How many of us can just stop for a while and say sorry, even if it's not my fault, simply because I value you more than I value my ego? How many people do you know who are hard to confront? They're hard to correct because they think they're always right. So you just rather zip your mouth, otherwise you'll just get into an argument if you try to point out what's wrong and what that person is doing. And that's pride. And we're all guilty of that. I'm guilty of that, and many of us are guilty of that. We don't want to be corrected because we think that we know what we're doing, right? How many of you say it's unfair when you see people getting something that, you know, you think you deserve? How many of you find it difficult to celebrate with the joys and successes of other people because you think and believe that I'm better than that person? Why does he have a bigger house? You know, I'm more intelligent than that person, more capable. Why does he drive a nicer car? A lot of us are like that. How many people 
you know, put the best version of themselves on social media and try to create that image and just put the positive moments so that it will cast a very beautiful light on them, right? How many of you would post this? My family is fighting in the car. No one would post this, but we do this. Families fight in the car. But do you aggrandize it? No. You keep it to yourself. Let's be real. Let's stop pretending to who we want others to see who we truly are. See, let's stop presenting to the world a version of us that's not real. See, let's not become the Pharisee whose faith is on the outside and putting his confidence in his accomplishments. He's praying to God, but he's more concerned on how he looks from the perspective of people watching him. Jesus said, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and everyone who humbles himself will be exalted. Jesus is challenging us to the things that we are told culturally. The world is telling us, if you want to be exalted, you have to work your way up there. So people will look up to you so that people say, that guy is successful. I want to be like that person. Jesus is saying, if you want to be exalted, you have to humble yourself. He's saying that the way to greatness is not up, but it's down. It's countercultural. It's, what, what, it's not what the world tells us. Our lives, it's always a lesson of humility. It's a life lesson, lesson of humility. And you know what's really tough about humility? You cannot brag about it. The moment you say you're humble, you've lost it. <laughs> See, just like the Pharisee. Remember Nick Olenda, who walked twice in his faith. Now, what, which do you think was his more important walk? The one that he took where millions of people were watching or that private walk that he took so that he can serve others? Which was more important? Showing others you're a good person or standing at a distance and beating your your chest and saying, God, help me to become the person you want me to be. Help me to be a better person. The only time that God can use us is when we humble ourselves before Him. And I just want to leave you with this thought. Faith is an inside-out job. See, it begins with the work that God is doing in us. And that in us becomes through us. So the faith that God is working in our lives manifests itself in the very character of God that people see in our lives. It's not a face that we put on our, 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 ourselves to make people see and understand and probably think that person is successful. I like to be that, like to be that person. See, I just want to encourage you only time that God can use you is when you empty yourself. The only time that God can use you is when we, when we are not full of ourselves. Alright? So I just want to encourage you. Never look down on anyone. Never think that you're better than someone else. Do not compare yourself with someone else. You either be vain or bitter because you'll see someone higher than you are and you see someone down there 
just feel proud about your achievements. The God that works in us will work through us so that He will be magnified and glorified in and through our lives. Let's all stand. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity that we can sit together as a church family. Thank you for your word today. Thank you for reminding us that everything that we do don't need to be heard, don't need to be seen by other people. Lord, thank you that you're helping us to see the blessing in the humble places of our lives, in the broken pieces of our lives. Teach us to remember that we are not better than anyone else. Teach us to live simple lives, not to impress, but to express our faith, to speak the truth truthfully, to love unconditionally, and to humble our hearts before you. So you can work in us and through us, that everything that you do through us may bring glory and honor to you. In the most holy name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.